Well, good morning to you. Hebrews 13.2 is Diana Snoth's favorite verse. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Have you ever met someone and wondered whether or not they were an angel that God had sent? And uh, I have. Uh, when I met Faith, no. Um, God's Word is very clear. So whenever we meet someone, we want to make sure that we understand that, that there, there possibly could be someone that God has sent in order to, to direct us. I know His Word directs us, and that is what we go by. But the Scripture says that we are to uh, be careful. We may be entertaining angels unaware. So thank you, Diana. This morning, I want us to take a look at something that I received from Darlene Lancaster. So if you like this sermon, make sure you thank Darlene because she inspired it over Facebook. If you don't like it, make sure you blame Darlene because she inspired it by something that she had placed on Facebook. And what, what the meme said that she put on Facebook was, get in church and stay there. Get in church and serve there. Get in church and grow there. Get in church and be there. Get in church and love there. Matter of fact, the scriptures are very clear. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, verse 25. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. If you're going to provoke someone, make sure it's love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think that day is the day of the Lord. The book of Hebrews is written to the Hebrews. But we need to pay close attention as this, to this scripture as the church. And that is not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We are, as members of the body of Christ, we are to be the church. And I thought when I saw that, man, what a great outline. This needs preaching, especially since we just observed the Lord's Supper and the emphasis of the Lord's Supper that we are, emphasizes the unity of the body of Christ and how close we are as, as members of the body of Christ, and we are to serve together. And I think the scripture that says it all is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, when we say the church, what do we mean? We mean the body of Christ. 
we mean not so much the organization as we do the organism. We have the church, which is his body, with him being the head of that church. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink unto one Spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. Drop down to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And you know, the exciting thing about this is the scripture that's verse 15 down to verse 27 that tells us that the Lord puts you in the body of Christ exactly where he wants you. And one part of the body can't say, well, you're no good. You don't count. You're not as important as I am. The whole emphasis, the whole point of this metaphor that the Lord uses is to make sure we understand that every redeemed individual, every person who has been bought by a price, realizing you're no longer your own, you are an important aspect. You are an important member of the body of Christ. Verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Can't say that. The importance of the body of Christ in carrying out the work of the Lord Jesus is so absolutely important. He is the head. We are the body. He calls the shots. We follow his directives, his leading, exactly what he tells us to do. Look at Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter, chapter 1, verse 22. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but in Colossians it tells us that Christ Jesus himself is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That he completes the Godhead. He fills up the Godhead. In him is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And this scripture tells us that we, the church, the body of Christ, we fill Christ up. You're talking about an exalted position you're talking about an heir of God, a joint heir of Christ. We need to understand the importance of the church, the body of Christ. Now, as I mentioned just a second ago, that little get in the church and stay there, serve there, grow there, be there, love there, that's pretty much 
referring to the organized church, but I think there are deeper, more meaningful points that can be brought out when we understand all that the organism is, that body, that it is alive. It's important, I think necessary, and the imperative in Hebrews 10, not to forsake the assembling yourselves together, tells us that God expects for the church, the body of Christ, God, the believers, those who love God, to come together and to worship Him together. We do understand that the church is not the bricks and the mortar and the stained glass and this nice warm building that we're able to meet in and the padded pews. and that's, that's a building, and we praise God for this building. But the building is not the church. But it's still absolutely necessary, whether it be in this beautiful building or in out in a cow pasture someplace or in a barn or in a grass hut or regardless of where the church collects, wherever the body of Christ come together, that is the church. The church is not where you meet, it's who you are. The redeemed members of the body of Christ. And God's word is very clear. He has put you in his body where he absolutely wanted you to be. You're part of a local body. And he expects you to serve. Expects you you need the fellowship. You need the accountability. You need the teaching. Amen? I can't tell you how many good old country boys, I love them dearly, they're good friends, and they'll tell you that they're just as close to God sitting out on a fish bank, fishing bank or out on a deer stand, that they, that's what they love to do. I love to do that too, except when it's cold, let alone we'll be out on a deer stand. But I got to tell you, where God expects his people to be is here together worshiping and teaching and learning and fellowshipping with one another and encouraging one another. Is it a place where we go? No. It's what you are. That's what the church, the body of Christ is. It's what you are and you are a part of that And I can't stress the importance of the realization that every person who is saved understands that you are an integral part of God's plan and program and body to reach a lost and dying world. The eternal truths that are contained with understanding that you are the body of Christ is phenomenal. So get in church and stay there. Find a place where you can serve, where you can learn the truth, rightly divided. That's why I believe everybody ought to come to Bible Fellowship. I think we ought to have 30 different services a day, but they're not going to do that. But I think that's what they should do because of understanding the Word of God, rightly divided. Here they're going to understand who Christ Jesus is and our relationship to him. 
but we need to get into a Bible-believing, Christ-exalting church and preaching that truth. And as we get into that church, Forrest, stay there. I got some good news for you, really good news. When it says stay there, Romans 8.35 tells us that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. What a glorious truth. Get in the church and stay there. God has already taken care of that. Now, again, we know this mime was written more for the organization, you know, go into church. And, but, folks, the deep truth to that is, according to Ephesians 1, you have been sealed by God, or by the Holy Spirit, which is God, until the day of redemption. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom also you trusted after that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 30. Carries out that same thought. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. That's what's expected of the church, the body of Christ, realizing you have been sealed until the day of redemption. And the fact you are sealed, God's Word tells us there is a pattern of behavior. There's a way you are to act toward other members of the body of Christ. And to be sealed means God has put His ownership upon you. That sealing has to do with a down payment. You have been sealed. God has provided the earnest of that inheritance that you are gaining when the rapture of the church takes place for all eternity. You are owned by God, and He has affixed His seal upon you. So stay there. God has already taken care of that. Isn't that great news? Talk about security. Talk about eternal security. Talk about once you're saved, you're always saved. And here in the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to preach again on eternal security because I know some folks have some questions about that. One of the greatest truths, one of the greatest doctrines 
in God's Word for this present dispensation is that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, that you have been sealed into the day of redemption, that you are eternally secure in Christ because your standing before God has absolutely been changed. You are no longer in Adam. You are now in Christ. And all the way through the Scripture, it keeps talking about being in Christ. So stay there to serve there. God has a ministry for each and every one of you. I don't mean to point my finger at you, but God has a ministry for each and every one of you. We are to serve. I've said it so many times, I'm going to continue to say it. God did not save us to sit. He saved us to serve. You are to view the fact that you're a member of the body of Christ as a ministry. You are to get involved in ministry. Well, I'm not the preacher. No, but you're still a minister of the word of reconciliation. Well, I'm not a teacher. No, but you're still an ambassador for Christ. God still has a purpose and a plan. You are still to be a witness. You are still in the body of Christ where He's placed you, where He wants you to serve. You're all ministers of the word of reconciliation, every single one of us. We have a responsibility to get in church and serve there. Martin Luther said one time, God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. I like that. God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. Be an effective witness for the Lord Jesus. Faithfully serve everything you do, according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. You're to do for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. All that we do, we do for the glory of God. Our lives, since we're members of the body of Christ, it should be dedicated to serving Him. Well, that's easy for you to say. You're the preacher. It's still nevertheless true for each and every one of us who've gathered here this morning that we have been bought with a price. We are not our own. God calls the shots. He owns us. He directs us. He calls on us to be faithful. How many of you got one of these this morning? This is a faithful ministry that for 26 years plus, Janet Smithkins has been here week after week putting the bulletin together. How many of you appreciate the bulletin? You may not appreciate what goes inside because I, I usually put that together, but it's got to get from what I send to her here and then all the prayer requests, that's her doing and the little things that are written up that, that you, you get to read, that's, that's a faithful ministry. And I can say that because she's not here today. No, she, don't ask her to stand up here and preach. 
That ain't happening. Well, for several reasons. One, it wouldn't be biblical. And two, you, there's not enough money to get Janet to stand up here and preach. And does the birthday cards. What a ministry that is, sending out the birthday cards. That's not an easy ministry. John and Gina, they changed the sign. They haven't done it in the last few days, but I don't blame them. It would have been kind of chilly. But you know, that, that, what a ministry that is. There are so many ministry opportunities. Now, somebody said, well, I'd like to come in and clean the church. Well, we, we hire a, a janitor to come in and work and clean the church. And there's a reason for that. That we don't allow our people to do it. We did that for a while, long, long, long time ago, and it just didn't get cleaned right. And it's kind of hard to go up to somebody that's a member of the church and go, You're doing a bad job. And then they quit coming. Don't want, but if you're paying someone to do it, you can go to them and say, Hey, you missed a spot. So that just makes sense to me. But you know what? The, 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 the lady, she and her daughter, they clean their church now. You know what they would love to have? If somebody to come in and just help occasionally and clean and dust. And especially if you see a spot, they go, oh, they missed a spot. Then come and help us get her done. Get it clean. There are so many different job opportunities, ministry opportunities. Let me share one with you real quick. We had two prayer warriors, Marge Richtermeyer and Virginia Snop. I knew those ladies prayed every single day for so many of you and for this church. You don't think that's not a ministry? Who is God going to raise up? Who has God raised up to step into that role and be the prayer warriors that I know I need and this church needs, each and every one of you need? I can't tell you how important that ministry is in the church. You want a place to serve? Then do it on your knees before God, praying for each and every one of us. Janet has actually made it easy because normally in the bulletin, there's the prayer request. And that's what Marge would do. She would take that and she would pray over every one of those. Folks, that's ministry. And we need that so important. Nursery. Praise God for Jeannie Watana Peruta. That's Matter of fact, I'm not so sure that that's not the most important ministry in the entire church. It's having a nursery so that when young families come, they know there is a safe place for their kids to be kept and that there is a safe person that is caring for them, a loving person. Now, some of our babies that she was watching were sort of growing up, but... Mary Beth and Desiree are getting ready to change all that. So praise God for, for the ministry there. 
Get in church and grow there. Grow there. See, that should just be an expectation. I'm going to tell you something. If you come to St. Louis Bible Fellowship and you do not believe you are growing in the Word of God, you, don't, you do not believe that you're growing in your maturity in Christ. I need to know that. The elders of this church need to know that. You should expect to be growing. The elders should expect you to be growing. Because, folks, you are responsible for your own spiritual maturity, your own growth. Yes, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. But God's Word is very clear. It uses terms like study. It uses terms like examine yourself. It uses terms like search the Scriptures. It uses a term like prove. It hold fast, put on, endure, persevere. All of those are terms that are directed to each and every member of the body of Christ. We're responsible for our own Christian growth. Paul talks to the church in Corinth about that because, man, they were so, so carnal. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Man, may this never, ever, ever, ever be said of St. Louis Bible Fellowship. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hereto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are you not carnal and walk as men? May that not be so. May we all understand that we are to grow in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 verse 2. 1 Peter 2.2. Let's start with verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and evil guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, as new believers, we start out desiring the milk of the word. Just as newborn babies, we can't digest, we can't handle those big chunks of meat. You can't eat the meat. But there comes a time in your life, Christian, that we are expected to move from the milk of the Word to the meat of the Word. But so many people are so satisfied and content with the milk of the Word that they don't dare go on to the meat of the Word because, well, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because it's going to cost them something. Maybe it's going to cost them a sacrifice. Look at Hebrews Hebrews chapter 5, starting with verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now, 
I'm not talking to you all, right? Uh, this, this is uh, the author of Hebrews talking to the Hebrews. What's that? Old, if the shoe fits, I don't have to how that goes. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. God's word, regardless of the dispensation, God's word expects his people to grow in knowledge and in maturity. And in both instances, it uses that terminology, that metaphor of being a babe. Feasting on milk, when it comes a time, you need to understand that if you're going to grow, you need to get into the meat of God's Word. I heard something years ago, years ago, and I'm sure uh, I've used it here. But if it were illegal, talk about growing. If it were illegal for you to be a Christian, if it were illegal for you to be a Christian, I can tell by your faces that you know where I'm going with this. Would there be enough evidence to convict you? Would there be enough evidence to convict you? If all of a sudden all believers were being rounded up, and those doing the rounding up would say, oh, no, you can let them go. That's, you know, that's not one of them. If you expect to grow in Christ, in the body of Christ, folks, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to be in His Word. You need to be studying God's Word. And after grow there, be there. Encouraging one another. I know some people say, well, they're there every time the doors are open. That's good. I don't complain about that. I love it. You know what? That, you talk about a ministry. You want a ministry? Be here. That encourages your pastor. That encourages your pastor. Let's start with that ministry. Just be here. Faithfully show up. Be there. Don't think you don't minister. You do when you show up. First, forsaking not the assembling yourselves together. You're, you're part of the body of Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 35 times just in the book of uh, Ephesians, Paul uses that terminology, in Christ, in Christ. And what's he talking about? In the body of Christ, 35 times. And there are so many scriptures we could go there. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are new. 
in Christ, how absolutely important that is that we be there. And I hope this morning you are. Are you in Christ? The last one is love there. See, this church really doesn't have a problem with that. This is one of the most loving churches that I've ever been associated with, known of. God's Word says in John 13, 34, and 35 that all men are going to know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. That's how people are going to know that you love God, that you belong to Christ, is that you have love one for another. Real quick, 1 Corinthians 13. Can't talk about loving one another, but look what God's Word says about it. Though I speak with, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love or charity, it profits me nothing. Look at verse 13. And now abides faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. See, that's what God expects as members of the body of Christ to be loving one another. And the love that's talking about here is agape. It's the love that God has for you. It's a love that, I mean, that echoes the fact that the bottom line is you don't deserve to be loved. That's what agape love is. It's where God chooses to love you in spite of being so unloving or unlovely. It's... It, the subject is love regardless of what they deserve. That's agape. That's the kind of love that God has for each and every one of us. It's the kind of love you're to have for others. I had someone tell me, this was years ago, they came and visited for a short period of time and they told me, they said, you have some strange folks who attend Bible fellowship. And I thought, you mean unique? Because I don't look at anybody as being strange. If you mean unique, yeah, boy. We have some unique people who go to St. Louis Bible Fellowship. But I'll tell you what. They love God, they love His Word, they love one another, and there is nothing wrong with that. I like having a church full of unique people. We had a guy visit, this was a long time ago, and it was a long time ago that somebody said we had some strange people that went here, and I think that time it was only... Keith and Robin, I don't know. Uh, no, it, they weren't talking about them. Um, but we did have somebody that attended church here one time, and they told me that they weren't going to come back because 
this is just too friendly. Your opinion, this is, I, I am not exaggerating. I am not evangelistically speaking. I am telling you that the guy said, your people there are just too friendly. He couldn't handle it. Well, that's okay. Just friendly them to death. Love them. We have visitors. Make sure they know that you love them and you desire to see them grow in Christ. And just so you know, we had another lady visit years ago, and she said she's never coming back because this was the most unfriendly church she'd ever been part of. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. But, uh, and I saw a bunch of people talking to her. I, that's what I don't understand. Does your love, and I hope it does this morning, that you have for one another reflect the love that you have for the Lord Jesus Christ? That you view each and every, each, that you view each other as family. As family. And every Sunday you come here and it is as a family reunion. So be the church, understanding that we're on a mission. We're on a mission to testify of God's mercy, we're on a mission to testify of God's grace, His love, His purpose to reach a lost world that is so sinful. Its only hope is Jesus Christ. His purpose to restore mankind, to reconcile mankind to Himself. Never, ever say, I really don't know what the Lord would have me do. I can tell you, it's to be an ambassador for Him. Don't ever, ever say, well, I don't know where God wants me to serve. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. When? I don't know when. Right now. Right now is God's plan and purpose. How, 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 how? Through the power of his might. See, it's really simple. It's really simple. He's, it's laid out in the scripture. Well, I just can't, I just can't witness to somebody. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever, ever given God the opportunity to just bring to your mind scripture that you've read and studied and all of a sudden you're talking to that person and the Holy Spirit just uses that moment to draw that person to himself. Try it. Try it. See, God's faithful. His word will not return into him void. Church, you have a responsibility to be that ambassador, to be that minister. One closing scripture, and we're done. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, talking about the body of Christ. And one of these days, we're going to be raptured. One of these days, we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. One of these days, and what a day that's going to be. I'm telling you, we're, it's going to be wonderful. 
But you know what God has already done, church? According to verse 6, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's not a future event. That's where you are seated right now. You are in Christ. Where's Christ? He is seated at the right hand of the Father. You are in Christ. You are to consider yourself there this very moment. That is one of His guarantees. Why? Why? Look at verse 7. And I like this. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. How important is the church, the body of Christ? It is so important that God is going to use you in His body to glorify Himself throughout all eternity. You are trophies of His amazing grace. And when we sing Amazing Grace, you understand that that is not a song the angels cannot sing. Or that the angels can sing. They can't sing that song. Only us. As we sing, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Do you? Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite mercy, His child, and forever I am. You are the church. Church needs to get busy. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and how thankful we are that you have called us not to sit but to serve. Father, there is a race that's been set before us. May we be faithful in our study and in our witness. Father, may we serve you with with every ounce of our being, understanding what, you've, understanding what you have done in our lives and who we belong to, what, what we're part of. Father, we thank you for the body of Christ. Father, we're thankful that you have placed us there. You, by the Holy Spirit, has baptized us into the body of Christ. It has placed us there. It has sealed us there. Father, we praise your name for that truth. Now, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that by faith has not trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that, Father, they will understand the absolute importance before it's eternally too late, trusting Christ and His finished work on Calvary's cross to save them from their sin. May they realize that Christ died for them, was buried for them, and rose again for them. Father, believe the gospel, the good news, that they can be made new creations in Christ. And Father, we pray all these things in Christ's holy and most precious name.